0: hey everyone jeremy l jones here author of ruins vampire loving the podcast want more from the ruins vampire universe want the latest updates about this and the other projects i'm working on well you can go to www.sagaofinsanity.com and check out chapter by chapter author commentary book reviews and just random madness from the mind of jeremy l jones just a warning he's not quite right in the head listening to Ruins of Empire, Templum Veneris, book two of the Ruins of Empire Project, a serial podcast novel by Jeremy L. Jones, read by the author. Chapter 30. The mysterious disappearance of a large portion of the Brazilian population remains one of the greatest undiscussed mysteries in the story of the fall. The Brazilian War, to this day, holds the title of the most costly war in history in terms of human life, It is estimated that nearly 100 million died in the bombardments, in the ensuing invasions, or as a result of the starvation and disease they caused. Only a little over 200 million survived to try to rebuild lives under corporate control, which, by conservative estimates, leaves anywhere from 5 to 10 million unaccounted for. While there are rumors of corporation files that contain answers, none have ever been proven credible. To this day, the true tale of the end of the Brazilian War remains one of its most closely guarded secrets in all of human history. From the Fall, The Decline and Failure of 21st Century Civilization by Martin Raff Vago stopped at the stone archway at the end of the Via Maximiliano and peered through a set of binoculars at the Sala Gran. He noted, with some satisfaction, that a squad of Cytherian soldiers was walking through the front doors, undoubtedly to enjoy the latest victory feast. Most of them were unarmed and had no idea that hundreds of Casario were making their way up the main street even now. The element of surprise would be short-lived, though. They would have to move fast to maintain this advantage. Isra stopped next to him, and several Casario soldiers settled in behind him. "'How does it look?' asked Isra. Vega watched as the last of that particular squad entered the main doors. "'They don't suspect a thing. Not yet. We've got to make this count right now.' Isra nodded and turned to the soldiers. "'On my word, charge. Storm the Salah and take positions around the perimeter. Kill anyone who tries to resist, but not the Arenha. She must remain alive.' A slow murmur passed through the soldiers. When there appeared to be a consensus, Vago replaced the binoculars in his jacket pocket and unholstered his remaining gun. Isra gripped the other as if it were her only tether to salvation. Now, go, attack, yelled Vago, sprinting toward the main doors of the sala. Isra sprinted after him, yelling, Avancar, attack! Vago led the full sprint across the courtyard to the main doors, kicked them open, and strode in with his handgun raised. The loud crack of wood on stone sent several occulto running for cover. The lively victory party inside, silenced as the casario poured in through the open doors and took up positions along the walls, nervously pointing their lanza at any living soul dumb enough to move too quickly. A few soldiers at the table stood up, but, after realizing the situation, either sat back down or stood frozen. Vago surveyed the room. The Arenha at her throne, at the front of the Great Hall, was the only one in the mass of people who didn't look surprised or shocked at all. She just sat, as still as a statue, with a face as resolute and defiant as her ancestors carved in stone outside. There was a loud, explosive crack, and Vago spun around to see a Cytherian soldier grip his chest and stumble backward. The Casario, who had fired, made it clear by the way he held his weapon that he was ready to use the bayonet on the end if it came to it. Other warriors beside him trained their sights on any others who might be foolish enough to attempt something else. Despite all of this, Celia got up from her place at the Arena's side and marched toward Vago. What are you doing? Do you have any idea the fire and violence we will bring? She was cut short as Isra rushed forward and pointed the gun at her head. The Lance of Fogo, where are they? Celia glared at Isra and bared her teeth like an animal. I do not know what you speak. Isra pressed the barrel of the gun into the side of Celia's face. You were afraid of the Arenha. You were afraid of this. Isra tilted her head to the left to show the bandage wrapped around the right side of her face. That is the only reason I have not killed you yet. But unless you want to die, you will show me where you keep the Casario weapons. Celia glanced at the Arena motionless in the chair, as more Casario filed into the main chambers. I, I'm sorry, Issa. I didn't. Isra grabbed the emissary by the red cloak attached to her dress and started pulling her out of the room. If you want to apologize, you will show me what I want to see. Isra paused at the door that led deeper into the sala and called to Vago. Do you have things under control? I will. Vago jumped up onto one of the large tables and started walking toward the center of the room, speaking Scytherian. Good day, everybody. I'm sure you all know who these people are. Drop what weapons you have and remain calm. No one else has to get hurt here. A soldier near Vago jumped from his seat. You will die. Vago held his gun directly at the arenha, her serene eyes looking at him from between his gun sights. Not before I kill your arenha, so be calm. Now, Isabel, will you please stand up? Isabel rose from her throne and stepped forward. Vago jumped down from the table to stand beside her, keeping his gun aimed at her head. She turned slightly toward him. When Gabriel discovers this, Sim, Vago interrupted. I had forgotten about him. He used his other hand to point at the soldier who had stood and addressed him earlier, who still watched Vago with all the contempt that one man could muster. You, leave and tell Gabriel what's happening. Tell him to bring soldiers, all of them, but do not enter the sala. If anyone enters, the arena dies. Go now. The soldier hesitated for a moment, watching the Casario that surrounded everyone in the room. Then he turned and ran out of the great hall. Barricade the doors. Nobody in or out, Bego ordered as soon as the soldier was out. As a few Casario went to carry out his order, the Ha continued to glare at him. That will not stop him forever, and Cytherea is greater than any one person. If I must sacrifice myself, I will. Her words caused some slight commotion among the large group of Cytherean soldiers. Worried that they might try something, Vago fired a shot. The bullet flew inches from the Arenha's head and buried itself in one of the stone walls, but it caused the room to fall silent once more. I don't doubt that you'd die for your city, Arenha, said Vago, aiming the gun at her head again. In fact, when people discover the truth about you, I think they'll insist on it. For the first time, Isabel's expression changed. It was slight, but it was there. Her head tilted a few degrees down, and her eyes wandered to the floor. What truth do you speak of? One of the doors to the sala interior swung open, and Isra entered again, still holding Celia by her cloak and the gun to her head. At least ten Occulto followed with armloads of lanzafogo, Holding three or four weapons each, they dropped them into a pile in the center of the room, each adding to the growing stack as the Arenha subjects looked on in surprise. What is this? Another soldier asked, as he stood up from his place at one of the tables and walked over to inspect the pile. It is as I suspected, said Isra, releasing the emissary. The Casario did not create these weapons themselves. They are being manufactured in the city and assembled right here in the basement of the Sala Gran. Vago smiled and turned back to the Arenha. The truth I speak is this. Cytherea is a lie, something you made up yourself. It is a story you told so many times that it became the truth for everyone in the city, but it is not real. It was never real. Sathira has no enemies besides the Arenha. Look for yourself. The Arenha armed the Cassario all along. She's the one who told them how and where to raid. Every one of your friends and fellow soldiers that died at the hands of the Casario died because of her. The soldier looked at the pile of guns and back to his ruler. Is this true, Arenha? Isabel straightened up but didn't speak. "That's all right," said Vego. "We have time. We will all learn the truth." He pulled the radio from his belt. Kronos, are you there? We did it. We took the Salah, and we've got Arinha Isabel. The past couple of hours had been tense aboard Joanna's ship. The long silence since the last of Vago's attacks appeared to signal complete defeat. Kronos was ready to run, but Joanna kept him there, assuring him that he would be safe so they sat together in the remains of the colony ship that had brought Scytherians to Venus generations ago. Kronos talked about Earth until finally Vago's announcement came over the radio. Kronos clasped Joanna's hands and looked into her eyes. Her face radiated a mixture of joy and disbelief, and she blinked back tears. Is it over? Did they do it? Did they win? Kronos smiled. I think they did. Vago did it. The next thing Kronos knew, Joanna launched forward and threw her arms around him, tackling him to the floor. For several minutes, they cheered, laughed, and held each other, with Joanna resting on top of him. Her small frame packed a surprising amount of strength and weight, but despite that, he found he didn't want to let her go and possibly never would. After the moment had passed, she rolled off of him. Kronos got to his feet as well, and they both silently went to the control console and the radio. Kronos activated the transmitter. "'We were worried about you. No word for so long. Victory is good news.' It ain't victory yet, Kronos, said Vega on the other end. Gabriel's on his way, and he's not likely be in a good mood when he gets here. But if we make him see reason, the ha is finished. Joanna gazed up at Kronos and smiled one of the most beautiful smiles Kronos had ever seen. Thank you. I'm in your debt for what you have done. Kronos switched off the transmitter and looked into her dark, blue-gray eyes. Something happened in that moment. He was never sure what it was, although he would later go to great personal expense trying to recreate it but something primal awakened in him. In one motion, he pulled her close and kissed her. They bumped noses, his forehead slammed against hers, and there were some rather unflattering noises somewhere in the middle, but despite that, it was nice. After a while, he pulled away. He had no idea how she would react. He was half expecting another punch to the face, and part of his body tensed as a result. But she stood there for a moment, as if trying to process something herself. Sorry? he offered, just in case. Joanna smiled, grabbed his hand, and started leading him toward the door that led farther into the ancient ship. Where are we going? he asked, trying his best to avoid tripping over the junk scattered across the floor. I will show my gratitude, she said with a wicked little smile on her face. Kronos sucked in a sharp breath of air. Does that mean? Do not speak. I'd like to enjoy the moment, and you will only ruin it. Kronos promptly shut his mouth. In his haste to keep up, he accidentally slammed his toe into a heavy box of tools. Maybe love was just like anything else outside the nouveau net, he thought, as he hobbled after Joanna. Out here, where everything wasn't controlled, love was awkward, clumsy, messy, and complicated, which is probably why the nouveau net bored him. It was too perfect. In the worlds beyond the fabricated reality he and his people lived in for so long, nothing was exactly how it should be. Nothing felt completely right or followed any logical pattern. The perfection of the real world, Cronus decided, was in its imperfection. been listening to the ruins of empire templum veneris the second book of the ruins of empire project the ruins of empire podcast was written by jeremy l jones and produced by sean vincent cover art was by nick martin music was predator by purple planet at purpleplanet.com licensed under creative commons 3.0 license City of Geeks. Independent new media produced in Idaho.